Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals out to another um, YouTube live, a live Q&A with yours truly. Hope you all are doing exceptionally well. I'm going to give you guys and gals an opportunity to come into the live feed. I'm excited about this one. Today, uh, 11 years ago, is when I started my public, or God uh, graced me to start uh, Unplugged by Public Ministry. So it's exciting times. Um, it's interesting. 11 years. And, and, there's a lot that I have on my heart, but I want to serve you. What's up, Aries? Want to take this some time out to answer any questions. I mean, any question you have, I'm going to answer. But if you have any questions along the lines of ministry, uh, endurance, purpose, God, any of those things, I would love to help you with those questions. But if you have questions about anything, I got you. So don't worry about that. So I'm going to go to the live feed, see how everybody's doing. What's up, Aries? What's up, the K the DJ Keller? Keller, good evening. Kiara, what's going on? How you doing? Something, hey coach, I'm dealing with the worst season of my life. God gave me promises, but it feels like I'm going backwards. How does God promote you? Great question. Before I get to that question, I want to make sure I say hello to everyone who's watching live, for everyone who's listening on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, um, Spotify. I want to say thank you all so much for listening. I pray these talks and discussions are beneficial to you. And um, let's get right to the question. But for those who's just now jumping in, um, today marks 11 years of me doing videos, 11 years of me doing ministry, and uh, I kind of honor to serve you all. Um, so it was a lot of reflection this this, this um, today, but I also want to make sure I serve you all on this day. So Psalms of Thought says, hey, coach, I'm dealing with the worst season of my life. God gave me promises, but it feels like I'm going backwards. How does God promote you? Um, God promotes you in his due season. God promotes based upon preparation and based upon his 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 personhood. And what I mean by that is God, uh, the Bible says um, that he will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. It's not that God doesn't have the riches or it's not that God doesn't have the opportunities for you, but God is concerned about his glory, his name being known, his 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 his, his uh, purpose shown through your life. And so there's a lot of things that goes into work in regards to promotion. And so there's three things you have to understand when it comes to promotion. I did a video on this a while back. Can't remember the title, but walk with me. There's uh, three P's. There's preparation, there's promotion, and then there's prudence. Preparation, promotion, prudence. Now, what does that mean? Um, before you even think about promotion, you have to all you have to consider how prepared you are. And prepar within preparation, another P word, which is pruning. So what you're experiencing right now is possible, possibly, uh, is possibly pruning. And what, what goes on through pruning is when you become even more deeply aware of your idols, deeply aware of why you're not where you are. And so when you're going through life and it feels like it's worst season, sometimes your worst seasons are your best season because it is during those seasons of conflict, challenges, those seasons like that, that really reveals your character and it really uh, 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 gives you the constructive criticism that you need to see where you really are in the grand scheme of things when it comes to the things that you may want in life. So um, it all depends. Um, but preparation is key. Preparation and prudence are are the two seasons that are greater than preparation. Now, what do I mean by that is that many people get so caught up on being promoted, but they forget about the season that comes out the promotion. So what happens is a lot of people focus so much on the timing of a thing, but not the seasons that precedes and follows it. Those two seasons within that that comes before after that time frame are essential for us to process through because promotion only lasts for a season, Psalms. You see what I'm saying? Promotion only lasts 
for for most cases a few minutes to a couple of days and then after the promotion happens now here comes the work now here comes the prudence god is looking for you to be prepared into the person that is able to be prudent wise and a good steward so the questions that you have to go through right now is uh number one is is god am i am i obeying what god Am I obeying what God wants me to do now? Number one. Number two, am I really, am I really even ready for what I'm asking for promotion? And number three, what is this? What could this season be stripping out of my life? What could what what could what what could this season be doing in my life to prepare me? So it's a lot of things. I know you're dealing with the worst season in your life, but the good thing is you still have God, you still, you still have life. Um, and, and no matter how bad it gets. Let the bad get out of you. Embrace that season and let that season develop you. So you continue to say, God gave me promises. God is not slacking concerning his promises. If God promised you something, he's not slacking his side. We may be slack on ours. But the good thing about Jesus' sanctification work in our lives is that he is preparing us for the promise. But most people do not know what really comes to promise. We want to be promoted, but we don't want the pressures of that promotion. No matter where you promote it to, there are pressures, there are persecution, there are demonic um, um, plots, and you got to be ready for those different things. And that's what the preparation season is doing. So you may feel like you be, you may feel like you're going backwards, but you know what the analogy with the bow and arrow. The bow comes closer to the person before it's launched. So what is God doing? He's probably bringing you closer to himself so that you can have the right type of momentum to go towards where he wants you to go. Hope that helps. What's up, Diane? What's up, Hope Thomas? What's going on? What's up? What's up? Clean right, cut right. Aries says, coach, when a parent tells you they brought you in this world and they could take you out, do you? how do you respond to that? Well, you're grown. So first, it depends on how old you are. But either way, dang, they can't take you out. If they take you out, they're going to jail. So they didn't worry about that. Um, so when parents talk like that, they're just upset. Some parents, that's just what they heard their parents say to them. And so what happens is you, that dialogue can be damaging um, because if they try to take you out of this world, they're going to go to jail. Hope that helps. Oh, how do you respond to that? Just in one ear out the other. I don't know how old you are, but in one ear out the other. Um, and just make sure you still show honor. No matter what, show honor. Even even when parents may not be honorable, still show honor. You know why? Because that's the first command with the promise. Now, why does the Bible talks about that your life will, you will have a long life through it honoring your parents? Because if you can't honor the first group of people, then you're not going to honor policemen. You're not going to honor authority. You're not going to honor any authority figure which could cause you to lose your life or it could cause your life not to be fulfilling. So the more you honor your parents, you're act actually practicing honor that will benefit you later. And that's what's been benefiting my life. God, through my parents and through the different, uh, different authority figures in my life, I practice honor because in me practicing honor, I will become honorable and I will have a long honoring, uh, a, a great life to live. Hope to help. Tavana, what's going on? Jaretta, what's going on? Tasha, what's up? What's up? Akela, how y'all doing? Maisha says, hello, coach. How are you doing? I'm doing exceptionally well. I'm doing exceptionally well. A little tired, but I'm good. Excited that the weekend's almost here. I work at elementary school, so I'm a father figure to a lot of kids, um, but it, it is what it is. I love what I do, um, but I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Hope you're doing well as well. The, the DJ Akilah says, how do you, if you are baptized, with? how do you, if you are baptized with the whole Answer your question again so I can understand it. I can't I can't quite understand it at the moment. How do you, if you are 
I'll I'll see if your question's at the bottom. Well, let me let me go to let me keep going because I, I can't be on here too long. Uh Janessa says, Hi, I've been me meditating on First Corinthians 11 where it talks about head covering for women. I'm a new believer and trying to gain understanding on this. Can I ask your interpretation? Um, I haven't read that in a long time. I'm familiar with it. Um, but every text needs to be taken into context. Like, um, let me let me I'll have my Bible in here. Well, let me let me just let you know. Um Context matters. And what people were going through during that day probably had a reason for that. But right on the top of my head and from from what I understand in scripture, I don't have an answer for you. Um, um, but but um, gotquestions.org is a good resource um, and process through it. I'm going to think on it for you. Um, and, and if you still stay on these lives, make sure you ask me again and I'll let you know where I'm at in the studying process of that so I can answer that question for you but at the moment. There's nothing registering for me right now. The good thing is that you do have questions because your your heart desires to be um, right with God. Um, is it, something I don't even want to say anything until I read it for myself. I don't want to give any type of instructions that I know exactly what it means. But chances are, it's probably within the context of that day. And um, if I'm if I'm remembering what you're saying, but I don't want to labor too long on it because I'm not quite sure of that text um, off the top of my head, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Hope that I hope that got you to where you need to go. But do your research, find out. Um, but don't, but don't get so caught up on those different things. Um, let me stop there. I'll look into it for you. Don't worry about it. Thank you, bro, for answering my question. No problem. I hope that helped you. Good, good evening from beautiful Michigan. Thank you for watching from Michigan, Miss, Mr. or Mrs. Washington. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, by any chance, can you pray for me? I'm not sure if God is talking to me or the enemy trying to torment me in my thoughts. Uh, let me give you some teaching on that to kind of help you gain some understanding. Um, words comes with presence. <clears throat> right? So if you feel torment, it ain't come from God. Peace comes from God. Pressure comes from the enemy. Peace comes from God. Pressure and torment comes from the enemy. So anytime that you find pressure, pain, or torment, when you hear words, chances are uh, um, that's a demonic uh, place thought or or insecure thought of yours of your own that could be being that could be being used against you so that should help you um god's presence comes with peace the devil's present demonic presence comes with pressure and torment and um or from your own insecure thoughts now that should help you with that part but let me pray for you Lord, Heavenly Father, I pray for my sister Eve, who's watching me right now. I pray, Lord, that you'll make her very clear on your presence and, and your and your uh, purpose for her life. I pray, Lord, that you continue to just, just continue to keep her mind at peace, keep her mind at ease, letting her know the difference between you and demonic presence. I pray, Father God, that you'll reveal, bring to the surface of her mind all internal insecurities or any type of entanglements that she's involved with that is allowing demonic torment into her life. I pray the Holy Spirit will govern this session, govern this moment with her. And, and, I, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing to light all those things and helping her navigate this going forward in you. I pray, Father God, that you will bring a peace into her room. Let her know that you are with her and preparing her for a greater cause. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Hope they helped you, Eve. Jennifer Rose says, Coach, I've been discouraged because I've been reading the word more every night and praying, but I still wake up weary and discouraged. I don't want to give up on my relationship with the Lord. <clears throat> Good question, Jennifer. Um... You're going through growing pains. Every relationships take work, and not all relationships are going to have 
continuous fun moments. There's going to be times where you're going to feel discouraged. Um, but the good thing, the difference between a human and human relationship and a God and human relationship is God is perfect on his end, which means from his perfect standpoint, uh, uh, point there, that means there needs to be work and understanding from our end, getting to know him, understanding how he moves. See, discouragement comes from disappointment and disappointment could come from uh, false dependencies and false dependencies comes from a lack of devotion, right? So when I lack devotion in God and getting and developing a relationship with him, then I start establishing false dependencies. And sometimes we put a false dependency in a graven image of God. That's why the Bible, the second commandment talks about don't create no graven images. Don't. <clears throat> and it's crazy how many of us are, are creating a Jesus that we like and then get mad when the real Jesus don't come through for what we asking the fake Jesus to do. So a lack of devotion brings um, a lack of clarity a lack of understanding and how God is moving. And that lack of understanding leads you to false dependencies, false disapp false dependencies leads to disappointment, disappointment, discouragement, discouragement, depression. So the real thing is, is to follow that track record and finding out, okay, where am I in my devotion with God? Because, because if I understand where I am, because I, I don't really get discouraged or disappointment often anymore. Because I, I I'm I'm constantly in 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 flow with God, and so I I have a greater understanding after, you know, I've been in church since I was six, been been really following God, sixteen to nineteen years old, and to this point. So after that many years of of deep diving in my devotion with God, I've come into some understanding that helps me distinguish between uh, um, human natural discouragement, not discouragement, but disappointment and knowing how to discard that disappointment, not leading me into um, um, depression. So to help you, um, you got to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Am I doing this for a chore? Am I doing this for companionship? That's the difference. When you pray and read your Bible as a chore, you're not going to really find any fruit from it. You're not going to really find no substance from it. But when you do it with companionship. So what I do is I, tr I treat God like he's a person because he is. I pray to him like he's like I talk to my wife. I talk to him like I talk to anyone that I'm cool with. I, I read my word as a child asking a parent or asking an adult to read with them. When I, like I said many times, when I work with the kids I work with, they don't want to read to flex on, on their words. They don't want me to, no, no, hold on. they don't want me to read to them because they want me to help them with their words. Ultimately, they want to read because of the relationship that they have with me. They want time. They want attention. They want an affirmation. And so I go with the word of God, Holy Spirit, show me what the word Show me what you have for me to see in the word today. Bring to light and read it to me. Read the depths of the text to me so I can, from that, deepen my connection with the Father. So, Coach, I have been discouraged because I've been reading the word more every night and praying, but I still wake up weary and discouraged. I don't want to give up. So, so weariness is comes from unnecessary weights, right? So now the question is, are you using the word and prayer as as the ultimate bomb to fix something or or to fix something um that you're looking for or that could be an idol that could be whatever because chances are when you wake up and you don't spend time but you still wake up with stuff fresh on your heart there could be some stuff in your heart that is conflicting uh, that is conflicting with um with the 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 tools and the time you spend with God if that makes sense so if you if you even feel like that you may be giving up, you got to ask yourself, what have I yet to give up? 
because we tend to give up on God when we have yet to give up what's in direct conflict with our relationship with God. So those are kind of the questions you have to process through to really find out where you are and, and, and really see why your heart is like that. Because worry and discouragement comes from a lot of different things. And only you have to answer those questions. So I want you to get a sheet of paper and really write down your heart, all of its contents, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I want you to process what potentially could be in there that could be conflicting against the, the, uh, the flow. And also I want you to write down, honestly, why are you reading? Why are you praying? Are you doing those things to look good before the Father? Are you doing those things to get something? Uh, because if you do those things not because of him, then you won't, you won't really begin to like him. You got to like him, love him. But if you're doing things to gain, you're going to find yourself still in pain. Hope that helps. Raw Scalp says, how do I get the desire to read the word more? Also, how do I trust God is enough to overcome an addiction? Good questions. Good question. How do I get the desire to read the word more? You got to change the way you see the word. Like I told a sister above you, you got to change the way you see the word. The word is sharp, it's active, it's living. Uh, but words on the page don't do nothing if the heart doesn't understand the word, the, the author. Um, the more you get to know the author, the more exciting the word gets. I love reading my word. It's one of my favorite things to do. I love it. And some of the things I've read a million times over, but I still love reading it because it, I can read the Bible a million times and I will still be in shallow waters. Yeah, I will still be swimming, swimming on the top. You can live a thousand years and still won't even find the depths of, 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 of the word of God. And when you begin to change the way you see the word and begin to really understand that these are just not words on paper. This was written by an eternal, everlasting God that 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 breathed through uh, or worked through the hands of, of people to orchestrate a text that that shines the light of the human condition, um, the 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 beauty of the Christ and the, the relationship that the father wants and the Holy Spirit that dwells inside the believer um, to pursue and produce and fulfill their purpose. And when you begin to look at the word as 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 much as you want water, like I look at the word of God as water and food for my spirit, man. It's crazy. Like sometimes when I go maybe a day or two without reading my word or really just really going deep, when I get back into it, it's as if I drunk water for the first time in days for my spirit, man. So how to increase your desire for the word? Deepen your devotion to the author. When you begin to deepen your devotion to the author, the word of God will become a, a, um, a necessity. It will become it will become the sweetest thing, the most tasty, um, taste and see that the Lord is good. It'll become one of the, the greatest experiences and times of your day. Trust me, I'm a living witness. Now, I'm going to continue with your next questions. Also, how do I trust God is enough to overcome an addiction? You got to change. You got to get your, you got to program and shift your mind or allow the Holy Spirit to renew your mind to see God bigger than the addiction, right? Um, God is more than enough for a billion things on your plate times 10. He's more than enough. You know what I'm saying? And so when you understand that and begin to increase in your mind through devotion, swapping the perspective you have about the two and making God bigger in your mind, bigger in your heart towards the addiction, you'll begin to see um, uh, how possible uh, it is for God to take that out of your life. Now, you have to look at the addiction according to the word of God. Look at the addiction according to um, 
the deep rooted insecurities because most addictions are the fruits of insecure pursuits, insecure uh, um, or false dependencies. So the Holy Spirit, as you begin to just simply talk to God, simply uh, uh, believe that God will reveal to you um, what he what um, how big he is and how great he is and how in tune he is in your life and how detailed he is. Then you will begin to see, wow, this addiction is nothing. Like pornography in 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 retrospect to God, uh, sex in retrospect to God, drugs in retrospect to God, alcoholism in, in retrospect. I hope retrospect. I'm using that right. But all these different addictions, uh, people addictions, soul ties. Man, that thing is nothing but a molecule in in the eyes of God. But your mind has to be renewed in that area. So what I would ask you to do is, is uh, <clears throat> go to Google and type in. Um, the attributes of God and began to look up the scriptures that support his attributes. And, and I just want you to look at all the attributes and I want you to write down 10 of them that stand out to you the most. Not Maybe not 10. Let's do five. Five attributes of God that just stands out to you and your situation. Write those down. I want you to meditate on the scripture that talks about uh, um, um, the greatness of God, the the everlastingness of God, the, the, the ability of God, just begin to soak in it for some days, meditate on the word, marinate it. And then you will begin to see over time as the word of God is active and working in your life, you'll begin to see like, wow, God is bigger, but most people don't read their word. Most people don't know God enough. So their addictions win because they spend more time with the, with the, with the addiction and they do with, with their Abba. And then what happens is when you spend more time with the addiction than you do God, God becomes foreign. And when you need God, you don't know how to talk to him, you don't understand him. And then you fall right back into withdrawals that brings you right back into the jaws of your addictions. So that should help everyone that, that is listening. Williams, good evening, everyone from Shreveport. Thank you for watching. Daughter of the King, what's going on? How you feeling? Hope you're doing well. Okay, uh, next question. I got about eight more minutes, maybe 15. I'm done. Uh, how do, oh, here we go. How do, oh, never mind. Okay, okay. Uh, I don't want to skip nobody. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Coach, have you ever dealt with spiritual warfare on you and your wife before you were met? Oh, yeah. They don't, yeah. That's 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 um that's that's normal. <clears throat> Anything that's gonna shine a light to um that's gonna shine a light to the original order of things, the enemy wants to cause disorder. Because it's showing people that God can put two people together. God can really make things happen that that if both of us continue in what we're doing now, God will continue um, to sustain it. And so, yeah, the warfare was crazy. We had a lot of things happen that I um, that I will let my wife, uh, if she allows me to share some things that that a lot of things happen uh, from. Well, I don't want to share too much. Um, but it was a lot of demonic spiritual warfare things to, from people, from, from a lot of different things, unseen and seen, and that's normal. But the good thing is we're both proactive in our warfare, not reactive in our warfare. Reactive warfare is you respond when the warfare comes. Proactive warfare is you respond before the warfare comes. Okay. So reactive warfare, you respond after the war warfare has came. Proactive warfare, you respond before it comes. We counsel every plight and scheme of the devil. Uh, we learned this even during our dating phase that we, we started counseling things and our life hasn't seen much warfare. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, it, because we counsel them. We we counsel the plots. We counsel the schemes. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Every tongue that rise up, in a, rise up against the day of judgment shall be condemned. You see what I'm saying? And so we we counsel their plots from the get-go. We cover each other under the blood. I cover my family. I cover uh, uh, our children before we even have them. We, so there's a lot of proactive warfare tactics that you can use. To help sustain you, but you have to know the word of God, you have to know yourself, you have to know your partner, you have to know each other, and you have to know each other's weaknesses, you have to know the doors and windows by which the enemy tries to creep in to cause disunity and disorder. Because if he can cause disorder or dis uh disunity, I hope that's a word between the two of us, then that's when warfare can cause a wedge in between us, and then there's no praying for each other, there's no covering each other, and then all of a sudden the thing sabotage. So when you understand that resistance will always come against those who are going in the right direction, then you will do warfare the right way and give yourself smooth, uh, a more smoother uh, um, um, selling experience as you go through. But warfare is going to come. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tests. There's going to be temptations. There's going to be things going to try to come in between. But greater is he that's in you. You see what I'm saying? But right now in our marriage, because of the blood of Jesus and the help of God, and, and and all that jazz, all that good stuff, we don't really experience too much um, because we're proactive in our warfare. Uh, we know our enemy. We respect our enemy. Respect doesn't mean honor. Respect just means I know you good at what you do. Those who don't respect their opponent lose to their opponents. I don't care if you got more power than your opponent. You got to respect them and what their capabilities are because a lack of respect keeps you from having the right uh, uh, watching and praying techniques. The Bible says, watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. Like, if your enemy was so defeated, why would God say, watch and pray? Why? Well, you see what I'm saying? So the, the, the devil is armless, but he's not silent. He, he's using words against us that then gives him legal right to operate in our lives because of what we say out of our mouths and what we believe. But if you understand, uh, you know, go through the spiritual warfare, understand the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation. I got a book called World War Me that talks about spiritual warfare and um and all that good stuff and how to put on the whole armor of God. And um, that should be able to help you as well. But yeah, it happens. It comes with the territory and, and you're going to face um, things. But if y'all, if y'all continue to face God and facing each other, you can, you can conquer anything y'all face together. So coach Josh, have you ever dealt with spiritual warfare on you and your wife before you were married while dating? Yeah comes with it but we have sharpened our blade a little bit we have increased in our understanding and we don't see much come our way nick antoine says how do you increase in conviction in an area um closeness closeness with god increases conviction and what i mean by conviction conviction is making one aware of the original order of god making a person aware of the right thing to do making a person aware of of slipping of of poor habits, bringing awareness, bringing um, um, structure, bringing um, proof, bringing truth. Um, uh, the Holy Spirit's job is to leading guys into all truth and truth is convicting. Truth truth will let you know, hey man, you're doing wrong. That's his job. Point us to Christ and bring us to truth because the truth will set us free. And he brings to the first truth who is Jesus. He keeps us focused on him so that we can see the mold we're supposed to match. So how do you increase conviction in the area? 
is to distance yourself from that thing that's that's clouding your judgment, that's corroding your conviction, and get closer to God so that you can see clearly on why you shouldn't do things, and then the convictions will become louder. Because in most, in a lot of people's lives, the Holy Spirit is grieved. If we're honest, He's grieved. He's 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 quiet because He's not going to force you to do anything. He's going to let you do what you want to do. But but I love. I love the Holy, conviction is the Holy Spirit's accountability. I welcome his accountability. Convict me, let me know what I'm doing wrong. Make me clearly aware of everything. Convict me about things that I'm practicing that I'm unaware of the damaging effects of them. Uh, make me, like God is, I love when the Holy Spirit reveals my heart. When when things are, are re, things are working on my behalf or things are approaching me, he shows me my heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for holding me accountable because I almost fell into having the wrong motive towards the thing. So, but that comes from fellowship. That comes with letting the Holy Spirit lead you and trusting his accountability, and his conviction. So conviction is based on the Holy Spirit's accountability on one. Oh, conviction is the Holy Spirit's accountability. And the more you welcome his accountability and, and stay in tune with God, um, because people will say, well, if it's in him to live and move and have my being, how can I be distanced from God? Right now, I'm in the same house with my wife. Based upon my actions will determine how close we are. See, we can be in proximity, but we may not be in um, in love. You see what I'm saying? We may not be in love. We may not be in focus. No, we are. I'm just typing hypothetically. So we can be up under the same roof and not be close. So that so God can be in us, amongst us, around us, everywhere, and still not be close because of what we choose to do. So hope that helped you. Hey, what's up, Coach Eddie? Ed TV, what's up, family? Your father figured to people, even if, I, I know it's a, it's definitely God gets the glory. He's he's the father, father. He's he said, don't call nobody else. Father. I ain't talking about you like that. But listen, I, I humbly um, um, steward the position God has me in a lot of people's lives. And uh, I'm just doing the father's work. And um, and as an under under shepherd or under ambassador on behalf of him, I kind of honor that he's using me to even help y'all. Even even you in South Africa, so that's a blessing. It's humbling. Um, so heavenly, the heavenly Father gets the glory on that. And she says, "I've tr I have oh I'm at thirty minutes already. Hmm. I have tr I have been trying hard to get over an online friend, but I'm having a hard time. What advice do you have for me to get over them? You just got to be honest with yourself about your idolatry or your insecurities potentially. And I don't want to sound harsh, but potentially. And because anytime you have a hard time doing anything and that man, then that person must have a hard, uh, that person must have uh, a heavy play, uh, uh, a place in your heart. You see what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm, I've been having a hard time getting over the online friend. The real question is why? Why are you having a hard time? And really attacking the answer to that question. We know the answers. We're just not attacking that answer. So attacking it means not avoiding it, being brutally honest with, because when I'm honest with myself, I help myself best when I'm honest with myself. Like Josh, you want promotion, but you ain't, you ain't disciplined enough. And I may be disciplined at a level greater than others, but to whom much is it like, so I'm always hard on myself. Not hard. Let me say, I'm always honest with myself. Hardness and honesty is two totally different things. I'm not hard on myself. Nah, nah. I'm honest with myself. And that honesty puts me into work ethic, puts me into growth, puts me into trusting, puts me into uh, flowing with God because I know, hey, man, this is why I'm doing this and I'm attacking it. 
immediately. So to answer your question is you got to find out why are you doing it? I mean, why are you having a hard time? Uh, what about that person that you made doper in your mind than God? You know, um, because some of us, we we if we have been a, we have attached ourselves to the idea of a person that we don't we that we forget the individual of a person that that person now becomes too dope. It, they become more dope than God. They become more dope than God. Now they're releasing dopamine in your mind, and not God giving that clear feeling of divine connection that keeps you from falling into idolatry. So you have to be honest with it. So my advice to you is get a sheet of paper and really. Put your heart on paper and say, why am I infatuated or caught up in this online friend? And the chances are there's an insecurity there. Chances are there's an idolatry there. And if you never met this person, you got to make sure you ain't being catfish. You got to make sure you're not allowing their words to mean more to you than the word of God. Those who don't know that they're accepted by God, those who have low self-esteem or insecurity, reach out for security. And then those words become the keys, becomes, becomes the tool, the jewel they lock within their hearts and they become they they treasure those things more than they treasure God and it leads them to future torment then when that person is f- fluctuating with their care their uh their love or uh infatuation with you then you're on this never ended roller coaster tagging along wherever they go so you have to be brutally, brutally honest and you got to you got to get over them by getting under God get over them by God I'm up under you I'm hiding myself there I'm trusting you in your due season you will exalt me get up under God's hand and say God I know in due season you will promote me mold me now so that when it's time to promote me I'll be ready because chances are our quickness for our desire for promotion our desire for love our desire for relationship clouds our judgment at times An online friend, what I would do is um, advice. I would just, uh, you only have to have a conversation. I would just say, you know what? I got to either mute them. I got to unfriend them. I got to block them. Um, but if it's a genuine person, then you have to communicate with them and say, I need some time away from this situation um, because I think I'm putting you on too high of a pedestal in my life and it's affecting my, but if they're a person that's just a random and you don't, you don't ain't really that deep, but you just, you know, caught up in insecurity, infatuation or whatever, then just, just, just bounce, just bounce on them because you have to do what's best for you to get over that person. And then you be brutally honest with yourself so that you can improve. Hope to help. Also, what to do if you have been discouraged from reading the, oh, I think I already answered that question, Nick. Um, did I answer that question for you for somebody else? I, I did answer that question. Um, also, what to do if you have been discouraged from reading the word? Do it. Just read, read, read. That's warfare. Just read, just read. You got to implement disciplines because not eating right is not always fun. Working out is not always fun, but you do it because of the fruit. Keep doing it no matter how you feel. And then you'll feel like doing it. Tasha Charles says, when you pray, your head have to be covered. It's in honoring the man. And okay. Okay. I see what you're saying, but I got to read it because Coach Ty just got back from church. Some of the things that have a little bit those kind of nuances that I, I haven't really studied in a while. I don't want to spew things and then have to retract them. Watching from Lafayette, Louisiana, praying for you, my brother. Thank you for your prayers, Bryant. Appreciate you. Good evening, uh, brother Coach Josh. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing exceptional. Well. I'm in some of the best, best, best. I'm in the, some of the best. I'm in a, be- a great place, man. I really am. I have a clear perspective on ministry. I have a stillness in my life. I have a greater trust in God, man. 
the competition is 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 rapidly corroding in my heart. <laughs> um, I'm in a great place, man. I really am. Um, in love with my wife. In love with God, man. Understanding my positions as as a man of God, my position as a husband, man, it's great, man. When you get to a place where you're, you understand life, all this stuff around you is just vain. Like when I look at preachers online, when I look at other people, Josh five years ago would have been all in their stories, all in their life, trying to get an upper hand or get discouraged because I'm not where they are. Now I'm just like, man, I don't even want to be up there in the compromising way that a lot of them are, you know? Um, so I'm in a great place doing exceptionally well. It's, it's good to, un, to, to, it's good to be in a good place with God. And what I mean by good place, just good relationship, just good, good time with God, man. Good place to be. I'm going through a transition season. I'm feeling a little bit stagnant. How can I keep growing without feeling like I'm not doing enough? Um, perfection got to be out of your mind. Enough ain't enough until there's nothing else to do. So so what I mean by that, I ain't want to get deep because I don't even understand what I just said. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say to you is um, stag- stagnation is different than being stationed. Stagnation is different than being stationed. When you're stationed in a place, you can't budge from that place, but you can still be pro- productive in that place. That's kind of where I am right now. I'm in between. I'm in between. A, I'm in between seasons. I know promotion is coming. I got a feeling. I got a feeling that 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 great things are about to happen, right? But I'm still stationed in this phase where. What do I do, God? Stagnation is I'm allowing where I'm being stationed to get too caught up in my mind that I end up doing nothing, right? So if you're going through a transition season, God ain't gonna give you too. God ain't gonna give you much to do while you're being transition because when you're in transition, you're going from a place of familiarity to a place of unfamiliarity. You're going from a place of comfort and you're going through a place of discomfort, eventually to a place of comfort, right? Um, so. The best way to keep growing is still doing your disciplines. You see what I'm saying? So what I mean by that is doing what you know you're supposed to do. So right now, I'm st- even though I'm waiting on some things with the book that I'm writing, I'm still writing new book ideas. While I'm waiting for the situation to occur, while, I, while I'm waiting for things to happen, I'm still doing what I know to do. I'm still um, loving my wife. I'm still serving at my church. I'm still... Uh, serving my family. I'm still reading my word. I'm still there's because when you understand when you're being stationed by God, you understand that promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. It comes from God. And when you understand that, you'll be like, God, okay, cool. Take however long, but I'm going to keep doing what I know they need to do. Now, the question is, what do you think you're supposed to be doing now? You don't, don't worry about whether or not you're doing enough. Don't worry about that because God has done enough. And so he's doing things in your life right now in this stationed season. You're stationed here for a period of time, 
for a particular purpose, learn everything you can learn from this transitional period. Learn everything. Just glean, 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 lean, lean, lean on God and just trust the process. I had to learn this lesson the hard, not the hard way. I had to learn this lesson recently where I, it's been a long time that I've been in this stationary season. It's been a long time. I put out I put out two books last year. I put out two card games last year. I put out I put out three books in a year time span. Three books, two card games, uh, a bunch of videos every week. Uh, two years prior, I was traveling a lot more. It, this is the first season when God is like, do nothing. Do your videos, but wait. And it's interesting when God tells you to wait. It's because if I keep working, I could be working on things that be that could be in conflict with what he's working on. Sometimes he stations you and says, don't work on anything, because if I could like there was a book that I was writing this summer that was totally different than the book that I'm that I wrote recently. And this recent book on the mind I wrote in nine days. Right. And I you could six months ago, I knew this was the book that I wanted me to put out. And out of now, well, I felt like it was. And all of a sudden. I wrote this book in nine days. Now I'm in a waiting period. I'm in a stationary period. And it's and it's, it's weird, but the cool thing is I keep doing what I know I'm supposed to do. Don't worry about if you're doing enough because perfection is not a part of our game. That was a part of Jesus' game. Jesus was the only player that could play that game, perfection. We're in the progression game. All I got to do is make minor adjustments and progress daily. And then when it's time for you to be in that place where you're working again, you will be at peace. I got time for one more, maybe two more, and I'm done. Nita says, hey, coach, happy I caught you live. I'm so glad you caught me live. So I pray this live is a blessing to you all. And I want to take this time to say personally thank you all. For those, no matter when you came within these 11 years, this day 11 years ago is when I started really pursuing ministry for real, for real. And um, so no matter if you came in year one, year five, year two, year 12, not 12, Lord, year 11, or if you just came in last week, I want to say thank you all so much for for just your support, man, and your prayers for those who pray for me, those who have learned a lot from this ministry. God gets the glory. And uh, we're off to year 12, got some great things in store, uh, Lord willing, uh, for me to sow into y'all's lives ministry-wise. And right now, and ministry is for me right now is serving you, you all through this form and through uh, my goal now is to equip you all. It's to give you tools and resources to equip you for this life. We are pilgrims. I'm equipping you from for your pilgrimage um, as you pass through this world. Um, equipping you with the tools you need to be triumphant um, to, uh, and to do the right things, man. Um, not for God's love, but, be, but because of God's love. And getting to know God more. So that's my journey now. Um, so ministry has become a little bit more... Um, plateaued now, now that I'm married, now that I'm serving my church more. So a lot of my ministry is towards my church now. Uh, um, so, but there's going to be a lot of great tools and resources I'm going to be producing, um, Lord willing, next year and this 12th year um, to help equip you all. So that's where I'm at in my life right now. Um, so it's crazy. 11 years, man, been doing this in some capacity. And I just want to say thank you all for y'all support, your prayers, and uh, keep my uh, family and myself in your prayers as I continue to go forward in the things of God, um, and 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 creating tools um, 
that will help you all grow. So thank you all again for y'all's help, y'all's love, y'all support. No matter where you're watching, no matter where you're listening, um, it's, it's humbling to know, uh, like the young lady said, all the way from South Africa, that's humbling um, to know that um, God is using me to impact and to help you all wherever you are. Um, so thank you all again. That's very humble. So I got time for two more questions and I'm out. I got to get rest for tomorrow, get ready for school um, and all that good stuff. So thank you all again. Thank you, coach, for your relentless commitment to your YouTube community. Y'all, you're so welcome. God has used your gift to have to have to help uh, to have so much impact in our lives. Thank you for never giving up. Now nah, we can't can't stop. Won't stop. You know what I'm saying? We can't quit. Um, and, and quitting happens. Quitting happens when you don't have a deep why in a in a connection with in a deep connection with who. You gotta have a deep connection with God to understand why you do what you do. Is it easy? Has it always been easy? Have I been disappointed? Have I been have I gone through stuff, man? If I could tell you, I'm I got a book that I want to write that talks about my first 30 plus years of life and what I had to go through. Um, for this level of potency, this level of anointing in my life. Uh, and it's not easy, but it's worth it. And it's better than compromising. So you're so welcome. I'm glad that what I'm doing here is a blessing to you all. Oh, y'all helping each other out. Thank you, Pamela. Uh, Nita says, Coach, would you recommend reading a chapter a day in the Bible? Yeah, read as much as you can. Or, or let me tell you this, grow into a chapter a day. I don't... Uh, because sometimes we put so much on ourselves that leads to burnout. Even if it's just five scriptures a day, build your build your spiritual muscles. You see what I'm saying? You don't just want to go in the weight room and start lifting 500, you know, 150 pounds. Um, start off with 15. And um, so, yeah, I recommend reading a chapter a day, at least a bare minimum a chapter. But if you feel like that your spiritual muscles not strong enough start with four start with a proverb a day start with uh, uh just go to google open bible.info type in what you're going through and find bite-sized scriptures that you can meditate on that you can read every day until you grow your spiritual muscles to the place where you're able to digest a little bit more so i do recommend a chapter a day if you can or i also recommend go to youtube i go to youtube me and my wife do this all the time we go to uh uh, you know, heard of the dramatized Bible. So what I do is if I if I'm driving to work, I'll put Mark dramatized, uh, Luke dramatized, uh, Isaiah dramatized. And then you'll actually have an engaging. Uh, it's on YouTube. It's like an engaging the word of God in, in dramatized form. So it's the word of God. They got actors. They got animals in the background. And that can kind of help you build into the paper form if that helps. Christina, last one, I got to go. I have been a shy, quiet person for years now, but I am called to speak. Any advice on stepping out and working on myself in this area? The perfect question to end tonight's discussion. Great question. I have been a shy and quiet person for years now, but I am called to speak. Chances are the thing, the things you are in conflict with, it's the things that you're usually called to. And um, which one's introvert, extrovert? Introvert is the one that's kind of off to themselves. I'm a, I was, oh, I'm, I'm a real off to myself kind of person. I love people, but I love 
my my I love myself too. What I mean by that, I love being to myself. I was the only child, so it's it's familiar with me. Um, but every time I'm before I speak, most of the times, um, ninety eight percent of the times I'm nervous, um, because I really care. I really care about my craft. I care a lot about who called me to this, and I care about the people that I'm carrying this message for. So I care. So that's why I get I, 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 my nervousness leads to me leaning on um, the Holy Spirit and letting Him use me. Now let me get to some practical things on how to help you. I have been a shy, quiet person for years now, but I'm called to speak. That's great. That means you have a word. That means um, you because of your default nature, right? Your dependency for God would increase in this area because you you're not you're not just speaker like that. Now, second part, any advice on stepping out and working on myself in this area? Now, this is what I this is what I did and I do sometimes. Preparation brings peace when it's time to perform. Preparation brings peace when it's time to perform. Um, no, let me not say perform. Present. Preparation brings peace when it's time to present. Preparation brings peace when it's time to present. So what I would do is I will start practicing now. So this, these are the activities that I do. This is what helps me. This is how I sharpen my blade. So what I do is <clears throat> what I did for years. I would just um, sometimes I would just get my Bible, point to a scripture and make a sermon out of that scripture. I'll read 10 verses above, 10 verses and I will develop a scripture, a, a, a message. I will find if I hear a word, or if I sense a word or if I see a word, I automatically try to find out how could I use this word to, to speak into someone's life. Um, that's when I got in my acronym bag. That's when I got into my 17 P's because I sharpened my blade because at any given moment, I can use a leaf. I can use an ant. So what I do is I, that's word form. That's flipping through the word of God form. But I also just go by when I'm just by myself, I'll look at something doorknob. I'm looking at a doorknob right now. What could I get from a doorknob? Um, a doorknob twist. It's the first thing a person touches in order to open something. Um, what can I get out of door? What could I get out of knob? What can I get out of? So it's a, my brain starts going deeper off a doorknob because if, if I'm in a room with a person, the first thing I see is a doorknob. I have already probably got three different ways to deliver that message about a doorknob. You know what I'm saying? Um, so those are different uh, activities that I do to bring uh, peace to my life because there's a certain pre present presentation style that you're supposed to pre uh, present through. And so what's good about what I normally do, I try not to listen to a lot of preachers. I don't listen to a lot of people. I listen to my pastors who I'm submitted under and, and I listen to a lot of apologetic stuff. But when it comes to just preachers, I don't listen to them because I don't want to sound like anybody else. I want to find my unique voice. When you allow God, um, um, when you when you allow God to clear the vision in your eyes and your mind about who you are and what you need to do, man, you'll be confident, not because of your preparation per se, but you're confident because of the person that's called you to it. So practical advice in stepping out is step out in private, practice in private, find words. Well, first, let me help you with this. Um, minimize your strategize in determining your audience, determining what you've experienced, 
because your experiences makes you an expert depending on how you uh, executing those experiences. That will make you an expert in that area. And your expertise from your experiences helps you to edify, encourage other individuals. You see what I'm saying? And so when you strategic, like my strategic plan is I'm here to help people grow spiritually for God's optimal use. My audience is people who truly desire to grow in God. That's a small audience. Now, do I reach other people? Great. But I know my message is for the remnant. My message is for people who really want to be equipped, for those who really want to change from babes to, to, to seasoned vets. I know I'm here for people who want to do better, who want to improve, who want to grow in the things of God from the love of God and pursue their purpose. I'm here for purpose-minded people. So when you get specific, then you'll know, you'll find your confidence because, because you'll be in front of the people that's going to pull the most out of you, right? So so the call of God is going gonna, is gonna to just... <laughs> It's gonna it's gonna push you into places, man. Before I do any video, I'm over here moving my hands like this. I'm just that's also what helps you to find confidence or find composure. Find things that helps calm you while you speak. Normally, when I speak, I carry a rag with me when I'm in front of people, because sometimes when you squeeze on something tight, it it kind of stables your heart rate. Um, when your hands get sweaty, I got a towel. Usually I preach with one hand in my pocket with my towel in that pocket. Um, so I do a lot of different things that even when I find myself, I can, I can relax myself. And also you got to find your cadence. You got to find your pace, find your speaking style, find your speaking delivery, because there's a certain cadence that I have and, and that helps me uh, get into the vibe of the message that helps me flow with the Holy Ghost. There's a rhythm. He's the producer. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the MC. You see what I'm saying? And I, and I'm, I, you know what I'm saying? I'm in rhythm. I'm, I'm flowing with his production and that thing, those different things will help, help you find calm in your presentation. Um, I may do a video on that because I got a lot of things that can really help presenters when they speak and finding confidence and also start Start with some lives. Start with people. Um, um, just m Holy Spirit, make me available to step out in this area so I can grow in this area. And the Holy Spirit will make opportunities for you. And don't be afraid to mess up. Chances are you're more critical of yourself than the people in the audience. You're going to mess up. You're going to stumble over your words. You're going to mess up. But do not get in your head. Learn how to rebound. What I do is I always find my points from the scriptures. So this is what I'm preaching in front of people, because when I have my scripture, no matter how far I go here, no matter how nervous I get, I can go right back to a point. Always find, always establish and, and a point of your message that you can come back to. That's why I do acronyms. So I know where I'm at in the lettering and it keeps me stabilized because I have a structure a system in place that keeps me from going down rabbit holes. And if I do find myself blank, I can always go back to something. So I'm going to do a video on that to help you all with that. Um, but I love you all. I got to go. I was only for 54 minutes longer than what I thought, 20 minutes longer than I probably should have. Um, but I love you all. Thank you guys and gals so much for all your support, all your help over these years. We're off the year 12 starting tomorrow. <laughs> uh, so I'm excited about what God's going to do. Everything you know about what I've done in the past and what I've done, what I'm doing now, you can get it at my website, IamUnplugged.com, IamUnplugged.com. You can follow me everywhere at my coach, Josh, at Joshua Ezzy. Um, 
mentoring programs. You can support that. Uh, six books, two card games, two courses, um, a lot of uh, 1,500 videos here on YouTube. Chances are I probably said something about what you're going through a bunch of times. Hope y'all been blessed. I see y'all next time. Love y'all. Thank y'all. Off the year 12, y'all be blessed. And for those who are discouraged or you in ministry, you in your purpose, and you feel like giving up, you may be in year two, you may be in year five, you may be in year nine, you may be in year 11. Don't give up. The best way not to give up is to grow in love with God because he will keep the meaning of your ministry in mind and you will pursue it uh, with, with fervor and, when, and, and understand it's okay to rest but it's never okay to quit. If you feel like you're doing too much, chances are you doing too much. If you don't feel the grace of God supporting you, then you're doing too much. If you feel like that you're burnt out, you're doing too much, it's okay to reel things back and it's okay to rest because you're no good to anyone if you're no good to yourself. Love y'all, y'all be blessed. Endure, be durable till the end. Love y'all, peace.